What's going on? Once again, if you see my eyes cheating on you, it's because I got they just teed off on the 18th. Old Kirk in the final group, which is basically my point to start this, because I got to get this out as soon as possible. Because if you don't know, now that they start early as hell out in slap dick time zone, I, some call it East Coast, we have to uh, we have to get this out because nobody has time to watch it in the morning now. So I got to get this out, and that's what we're doing. So if you see my eyes cheating, just know I'm watching the last group on 18. What's up, new guy? I'm the Degenerate 75. I am a PGA DFS content creator and a recovering high-limit DFS player here who is here to help you to remember the PGA DFS is hard, it is fun, and it's about playing the game and not about picks. If you're here, you just found my channel. First of all, welcome. But just know, if you're gonna if you're holding your breath waiting for picks, you're going to die because you're not going to get any, okay? I'm going to walk you through a couple strategies. You're going to make all your own decisions. Uh, you're going you're gonna to make the bed you sleep in, you mother father. If you, if you find that you like the cut of my jib, do me a favor. Come check out my schedule. I do this every Friday and Saturday night for round three and round four showdown. This is the Showdown Hoedown. And, of course, I do the emergency stream every Wednesday, 7 p.m., Lord's Time Zone. Be there. If you're playing week-long and you're not watching that, you're probably burning money. Let's be real. Everybody's burning money at week-long. But at least you'll have a chance to hit one occasionally if you watch that. So come check it out. It is a very live, live stream. Uh, and I say donkey chuck a lot. People like it. Uh, make sure to hang around till the end. I will give you a couple thoughts on price picks. Not NBA. That's just what's up there on price picks to remind me to talk about it. Uh, I will also give you some really good round four scores uh, historically that you could consider for tomorrow also. But you got to wait till the end. Yeah. Yes, yeah, slimy bastard. Uh, over here at Cut Sweats, as I told you yesterday, I got no six of sixes, but what will be cool is if you do have some six of sixes and you're heading into the final day and you're setting like 30th in a GPP and you want to know how your lineups are doing, this Nelson, the guy who runs the site, will have out uh, the simulations tonight and it will tell you you have a 1% chance of winning and a 20% chance at a top five. You'll also do that for your showdown sims tomorrow. Very, probably my, no, definitely my favorite feature of the entire website. Those will be out tonight uh, once the round's over and he runs the simulations. It's the cool thing because it lets you know sometimes you'll have a six to six like is this a real chance of winning or is this bullshit and really you know what the the, the sims will tell you right if it tells you you have like a two percent chance of winning you better be up and you better be sweating tomorrow because a one in 50 chance to win any gpp is usually pretty awesome right so uh, I, I encourage you to check it out. If you like it, it's right over here to my side. At, uh, use code DEGENERATE75, all caps, right there. You see, can I point at it? And that will get you half off your first month. So make sure to go check that out. All right, let's get to where we get. If you didn't notice yesterday, the big guy went a little hard at DraftKings, okay? I might have even got a little message about it. you didn't have to go so hard on us. But what a coincidence. The big guy goes hard at DraftKings, and now look, all the contests seem to be a lot better today. Hmm, wonder if that's a coincidence. They're listening. You're listening, DraftKings. I appreciate you fixing them. When you do a good job, I'll pat you on the back. When you're a slapdick, I'll call you a slapdick. Here we go. The big $20 tomorrow is actually playable, right? If I'm ever going to play in the big lottery main contest, this is what I'm going to do because at least it's only 25% to first, which if you watch, you know that it's my cutoff to when I will play in it, right? Uh, is it the best? No. 10th place is only 167th of first. Tw uh, second place is only 40% of first, but you know it's a lot better than it was yesterday, and it's a lot better than when they do that nonsense where they give a third to it. The big 555, they're giving a third to first. I hate when they do that. I mean, just look how fast that prize structure draws off. Uh, not a fan of it. But let's get to what really matters. I think this is their best little uh, main contest because you can just spam the hell out of it and not play thousands of dollars. And yesterday they screwed it up. They made it $30,000, but they put 10000 up top. Tomorrow, only 5000 up top. So now it's a much better price structure structure second is half a first 10th place is what is that 133rd which isn't you know it's not great but it's not horrific right so that five dollar a nice one if you want to spam a lot of lineups tomorrow i always love the club twirl um 
as I always say, that might be out of the price range. $100, $200 single entry. They refuse to bump it up. I have no idea. Of course, the best tournament out there, the one that I personally fought to get started, the 18 max $10 with a flat payout structure. If you're playing $180 bucks tomorrow, first of all, that's a weird fucking number to be playing. But if that's the exact number you're playing, I would just put 18 lineups in this bad boy. That's what I would do. If all that's a little too rich for your blood, check out the $5 single entry, the $1 20 max, you know, uh, the $12 single entry. Most of these are pretty standard. I didn't see any new tournaments today um, that that I don't normally see, right? So, you know, I, I, I don't want to sound like a broken record, okay? So, we're moving on. Let's talk about the course today. So, today was uh, well, about what we expect. Let me hit refresh because, as I told you, there's guys out there. So, the numbers are updating. As you can see, the wave difference was the big thing to play today. Played over three quarters of a shot difference, right? First of all, if you don't understand that three quarters of a shot uh, is, is a big difference, you're a dumbass, okay? There, that, that's, that's number one. Number two, what, what you really need to understand about when there is a big shot difference, okay? And you need to understand the guys in the afternoon are the dudes that are playing well this week. They're the better players so far this week. And the guys at the, uh, that played in the morning are the worst players so far this week. So the fact that you have that big of a shot difference with all the better players on the worst side of it should show you something about how this course played. But if I could really make this point for you, and this is where you need to know when it comes to DraftKings scoring, especially round one, round two, and round three uh, uh, scoring, there is no placement points, right? It's just strictly score fucking points. Get birdies, get eagles, get streaks, get bogey free rounds. And without question, let's just go look at the guys today. Of everybody that shot the best rounds today, I'm just glancing here, just doing a quick count of of everybody that shot minus four or better. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight of the 10 went off uh, went off uh, this morning. So eight of the 10. So if you, there, basically there was like 10 guys that you would consider kind of nuts plays today, right? And 80% of them came from the morning. So if you played all six guys in the afternoon, like you just know that your lineup was dead before the day even started. You literally entered a lineup with 0% chance of winning. Now, I will say some of these guys, Shane Lowry and Sepp Straka in particular, uh, and Benny Ann even ended up saving a good round there at the end, did end up being guys that would have made sense in a logical winning GPP lineup. But like the majority, almost all the nuts guys you needed were in the morning. So the best lineup would have been something like five guys from the morning and Shane Lowry or something like that, right? It all came down to roster construction. Day. I went over 50% on M and Y's, my two most exposed players, and they both sucked balls today, and I still didn't even lose that much money. I got like, I don't know, a third to half of it back, which when you're playing all GPBs isn't that bad, but it's really not bad when your top two guys literally don't do shit. So why was I able to rescue what could have been you know, a $0 back kind of day? It was simple. I just played guys that went out early. Literally the latest dude that I played was Sung JM. Should have started a little bit earlier and just skipped that bastard. Uh, so there you go. That that that's how it matters. Why do we, why am I talking so much about today when we're here for round four? Because what happened today is going to be almost a mirror image of tomorrow. They're in Florida now, and when they move to Florida, if you don't know, they've been out on the West Coast. And when on the, when they're in the West Coast, they go off threes off one and ten. There's just not enough daylight to do it. But now that they're out on the East Coast, the days are getting a little bit longer. We're getting near the equinox. Read a book. Uh, now they can start going off and going all day. So Sunday is an all day affair. They're going to go off on one tomorrow, just like they did today in groups of three. Okay. As, as the, as the, as the days get longer, they'll start going off in groups of two and then it's a really long fun day, but tomorrow they'll almost certainly go off in threes. They will be heading probably starting at seven, seven 30. And then the final groups will probably go off somewhere between 1230 and one local time. We know that because they got to get the round concluded by five, uh, for television, right? 
um, which would be six out there, five o'clock Lord's time zone, which is the only one that matters. So we need to know this because if the course, if we're seeing the wind is going to be like it was today, we have almost an exact idea of what the course is going to be. The only thing that's really going to be different is where they put the flags. And I know that they like to put some tricky ass flags on this course on a Sunday, which will make them almost impossible to get when this course has some winds in the afternoon and it gets a little crusty because if you can't tell, some of these guys are hitting some pretty decent shots here in the afternoon and they're just taking one shot and shooting off of the uh, of the green. By the way, I just saw Ben Martin got in. I think he just got in for bogey, which <laughs> if you didn't see his approach on 18, he freaking was sitting there holding his pose thinking like, like, oh, just catch a corner of the green. Dude, I, I, it looked like my shot. It was 20 feet right of the water. You're not going to hit the green. And he's sitting there like shocked that he missed the green by 20 feet. It's like, dude, I saw from the second you hit that wasn't going to get anywhere close. Okay, so let's talk about the weather, because if you don't know, it's probably the single most important factor at PGA DFS. And yes, as always, I am a rich fuck, so I can afford the $18 a year for windy.com. And this has all six projections. And you can see all six projections say tomorrow morning is going to be chef's kiss. Okay, it's going to be beautiful. They're going to be able to get this course. Now, I will say that only three of the six towers haven't really picking up anything significant. You can see that three of the six towers are saying it's basically going to be nothing even in the afternoon, right? And if that's the case, wow, nice shot, Chris Kirk. If that is the case, then uh, you know, then it's really just the crustiness that's, that's going to protect the course in the afternoon, right? But if you get the projections where you're going to have 10-mile-an-hour winds with 17-mile-an-hour gusts and the course is crusty and it has tough flags, it makes it really tough to want to play early guys. But you can't just play all early guys tomorrow, okay? Because I do think that some guys in the afternoon can do what Shane Lowry did today, right? They There are good plays that can still go get this course even when it's tougher, and we do have to be aware of position points. Remember, position points don't mean shit where they start out, but they are a great thing to consider as a destination. For all of you that don't know, here you go. This is points. Okay, this is the points that you get for showdown right here. Finishing points. You see it right there versus tur- tournament finishing scoring? Tournament finish scoring, yes. And as you can see, first place is 13 points. So yes, it is nice to have the winner in your lineup because if you have the winner, surely they went out and made some birdies. They probably had a good round, especially if they were somebody that charged up from second or third and you get that 13 point bonus on top, which really, really helps, right? But what I really want to direct you to is like, just go say like you're playing a guy that starts 10th, right? Because I got to play all the guys that start at the top because I need my position points because the course is hard. Nobody can score. First of all, people can score. Did you fucking watch today? A lot of four unders out there. Uh, So let's just say you have a guy and he ends up finishing eighth place. Okay, that will get you 6.5 points. Okay, you have a guy, you, you start him, he finish, he spins his wheels, he started in sixth, he finishes eight. It's like, oh, it's okay because I get 6.5 points, so that's okay. <laughs> and uh, well, what I would say is the guy that finished 40th, right? The guy that finished 40th, he only gets one point. You get 6.5. You know the difference in the guy that finished eight and the guy that finished uh, 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 in 40th is one birdie. One birdie would make the guy in 40th have a better round than him. One more birdie offsets all those points. Yeah, that's right. That's all it is. So to just go play all guys in the top 10 tomorrow is a freaking fool's errand, especially when we know that the guy that could backdoor 40th place, he probably could have shot a minus three or a minus four. As we saw, almost all the good rounds happen today came from the guys who were out to the earliest when this course was the most gettable. And it's not like these were guys who've been playing incredible. If they were playing so well, they wouldn't have been going off so early on a Saturday. Okay? Yet... Even Webb Simpson found a minus four on this course, okay? If Webb can do it, I still believe anybody can do it. So I think that's super important. But please listen to me because so many donkey dicks do not listen to what I say. It reminds me of when I was a high school teacher. 
I am not saying to not play anybody up top. I'm saying you be very cognizant of your lineup construction. And you make a point to say, I want to have this many players from the top, and then I'm going to rotate in maybe two or three, whatever your number is per lineup. But then I'm going to get a lot of these guys that are going out early who are going to be chasing. Okay, I think that is a that is a way to make your lineup that will be the most optimal tomorrow. If you don't believe me, well, then don't do it. I'm just trying to help you out, brother. Give you give you some food for thought. At the end of the day, I don't give a shit who you play. But you know what I do care about? Making good lineups, and I have to make a lot of them. And how do I do it? I use this thing right here called the solver. It is the best optimizer out there. It helps me. It has made me become a better player by helping me make lineups that I would not normally hand make. It does not have the biases that I have. I put a good player pool into it, and I use it to make the best versions of my lineups. All the success I've been having at Showdown recently, every single one of them has been made on the solver. If you want it with my projection points in it, my projected ownership, you just simply go right here to my landing page. We're almost to 100 people who've subscribed just in the few weeks I've been doing this. Get over there. Literally everybody loves it. It's $25 a month for an optimizer, which if you're new to the optimizer world, this ain't a lineup generator, okay? This ain't Slapdick City. This is an optimizer, way better. And a lot of times these things go for over $100 a month. This one, as you can see, simply $25 a month. If you use my landing page, page, which will have that showdown hoedown symbol, you will get my projections and my ownership for round one, round two, round three, round four, and of course, week long, aka kicking the nuts. All right, let's talk strategy tomorrow. Here's what I'm going to do. I, 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 you know, this is, I'm, I'm going to really delineate, like who are guys that I think could really win? And in my opinion, I always find top 10 to be a good number, right? So basically these T7 guys, and I guess if, well, I'm not playing Gerard, but these T, uh, T9 guys and higher are guys that I'm going to consider for tomorrow, right? And of all these guys up here, I don't want to play a lot of them because I think they're going to be on a brutal course. And I think you're going to see four, five, six of these guys absolutely implode. And by implode, I mean two, three, four over, right? They're just, they, I, I, I just think that's going to happen. A lot of these guys are kind of slapdicks. A lot of these guys are going to be nervous. A lot of these guys, well, no, all these guys are going to be on a baked out course, and there's at least a 50-50 chance they're going to have some gusty wins. All of that is a perfect recipe for a kick in the nuts. Okay. That, that, so you got to be selective about who you go with up here. I think, you know, for me, I'm going to do something like I'll pick four guys and I'll have a rule that every one of my lineups must contain at least one of them, but uh, uh, no more than two, because I don't want to have lineups that are just playing these guys that are going to be out there in the worst conditions. I want the vast majority of my lineup, four or five guys out of my six being guys from the middle or the back of the field who are going to be playing an easier course. We've seen it two days in a row. If you're out there in the morning, it is basically two different courses than what they see in the afternoon. The next thing is, is what to do with Chris Kirk. If Chris Kirk, I'm sitting here watching him on 18, being a goofy bastard right now. And if he, let's say he makes this party, he is going to be, what is that going to be? Three shots, two shots clear of everybody, right? Even if not, he will be uh, at least uh, 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 one shot clear of everybody. I assume he's going to get up and down for par here. If that is the case, you have to tell yourself this. Ownership is getting smarter at showdown. Just today, I could not believe Dylan Fertelli, Ben Taylor, and uh, uh, Badia, Akshay Batia, all three of them were only like 11%. I was telling them, people on my Discord a year ago, those guys would have been 25% because people used to always go jump on the hot round. So people are getting smarter. And a year ago, Chris Kirk would have been 55%. But I think tomorrow we're going to see him right around that 40 to 45% range, right? People still have FOMO. They're still afraid that he's going to go boat race and run away with it. But like I always tell you, anytime you can block out 40, 45% of the field, if one guy just plays average, why on earth would you not do that? If you're playing GPBs, if you want to put them in cash, that's fine. But if you're playing a GPB, you have to ask yourself, why not just block out 42, 43% of the field? Whatever the number ends up being, if Chris Kirk just has an average round tomorrow. Okay, and I can tell you, Chris, Chris Kirk can have an average round here. I still vividly remember him dunking it on the water last year and costing me a fantasy golf world championship ticket. So 
Uh, that that is the first question. If you want to play him, that's fine. But if you are gonna if you're gonna make Chris Kirk your stand up top, I don't think you want to take a lot of these guys. I think maybe one or two other guys that you mix into your lineups, and then you just get the hell out of this range because these guys are going to be playing a very tough course tomorrow afternoon. That is a fact. Okay. From there, the who are the guys that are going to be going out earlier? If you're like, well, of course it's going to be the guys in the back. Not everybody knows that, right? We got a lot of newbies around here. Here here's how it works, new guy. They're going to go out in threes off of one. The first three guys out are going to be these three slap dicks. Jeff Ogilvie, uh, uh, Gribble, and Tyson Alexander. Those three guys will all be going off uh, number one tomorrow. I'm going to guess roughly around 7.30 a.m., maybe 8. I don't know, something like that, right? And then it'll be J.B. Holmes and, and Bramlett and Albertson, and they'll just keep doing threes all the way up the board. So if you want to know the guys that are going to be out in the absolute best conditions, it's going to be all these guys that are basically even or worse. Actually, you know what? We could probably even throw in these minus one guys, right? They're probably still going to be on the course by 10 and will be off by 2, 2.30 local time, right? So I, basically every Everybody that's minus one or lower. When you do this, you're getting guys that are going to be playing an easier course. You're going to be getting guys that are going to be lower owned. You're going to be getting guys that will be more likely to hit a spike round. But what you are also doing is you are sacrificing how many points. It's very rare that any of these guys are ever going to backdoor even up to like 30th or 25th or something like that and get you some more points. So what you have to ask yourself is, is it worth it to play these guys? Do these guys have enough upside to go get those extra birdies, that birdie streak, that eagle, that bogey free round that you need to offset the position points they're not going to get? Only you will know that calculus. But I do know this one thing. The three, I, I would bet once again tomorrow, 80% of the best scores for the round will come from minus one or better guys. Okay? Maybe throw in minus two guys. Uh, and I almost all of them will be from there. That, 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 uh, why do I say that? Because I have two days of data to go off of. Round two and round three have been almost a mere uh, uh, image of what we're going to see tomorrow. All right, so who do we play tomorrow? Who's some guys? As always, we always want to go look at approach, check out approach, see what we're seeing. Uh, Druitt, unbelievable. So I got a couple DMs today from guys who played Druitt because I told them to get their ass up, and I said if he make the cut, go play him. Somebody said they got him at like 0.2%. He actually had a really good day, and if he wasn't such an asshole on and around the green, he could have had like a slate breaker day. Uh, but that's really good approach. My, my God, man. My God. Davis Riley. Oh, man, am I going to lose money on Davis Riley? No, he goes off late. I'm not playing a guy in 15th place who hurts me too much. Kyle Stanley's approach recently has just been all over the four. He lost 4.38 strokes on putting today. <laughs> That's like my level bad. Uh, let's see. Kevin Roy. I played some Kevin Roy today. I was patting myself on the back about how smart I was. And then I remembered I played Y's and M's. So I wasn't so smart. Uh, let's see. Uh, wow. Matt Wallace looking good. Trying to find some of these slap dicks down there. JT Poston did not particularly have a great round today, but the one thing he was really good at was approach. And if you don't know, he's not usually going to lose a stroke putting. He is a good putter. Uh, Aaron Wise, once again, horrific off the tee. But the one thing he was good at today was approach. No one is going to play Aaron Wise tomorrow. Not a fucking soul. Uh, Sungjae. My God, Sungjae lost three. At oh, my gosh, Sungjae. That's incredible. So Sungjae actually had a pretty good round if he just wasn't an asshole around the greens. Um, I think he goes out early enough, too. He's probably going to be playing a softer course than a lot of the leaders. He will probably be at, like, hole 12 by the time the leaders go off. So he will be playing uh, over half of his round before leaders get out there to play a different course. Something to consider. Uh, all right. Did anybody just kill themselves off the tee today? Uh, but was relatively good at everything else. Moronk. Moronk actually could have had a really good round today. He could be a guy that could charge. At minus four, he could backdoor a, you know, a top ten very easily, especially if he doesn't like you know duck hook him into the water, which I'm assuming he did there. We already talked about Aaron Weiss. Kevin Tway is a guy that's normally pretty good off the tee, so maybe that's someone to consider down there. Uh, Will Gordon? Okay. You know, he picked up at uh he picked up on approach, I guess. Uh Vince Norman. I did not know Vince Norman was what is that? Finnish? Is that Finland? Is that the or is that Swedish? 
fuck, I don't know. It's one of those countries. I, di- I didn't even know. Vince Norman. I guess I should. The double R should have been a giveaway. All right, the next one. Anybody just suck around the green? Minwoo Lee. I'm, you want to talk about a guy that I think he's 10,000. One of my, my dude Nick uh, messaged me and said that he's 10,000 tomorrow. No one is going to play $10,000 Min Wooly. You want to you wanna get a guy that could break the slate at, at 3% ownership? There it is, right there. Uh, let's see. Uh, Batia, if you didn't see that implosion coming today, you're blind as a bat. H- him and uh, Dylan Fratelli, I can't believe they didn't do well. Shocking, shocking. Uh, let's see. Zach Johnson was disappointing today, but you know he really killed himself on and around the greens. Could be a good bounce-back candidate. Speaking of bounce-back candidates, who are some guys that spun their wheels today that could be a good plays tomorrow? I don't love Justin Sub. Ben, okay, Bryce Garnett's interesting. Bryce Garnett, don't hate him. I saw him stick a couple approaches today. Uh, anybody else? Zach Johnson. Adam Shank's not a bad one. Eh, I hate that. Yeah. I'm telling you, Adrian Moronk is bounce-back city right there. Billy Horschel, just, his irons are just broken. Bez. Man, Bez started out like a ball of fire. All right. Uh, any other ones we want to look at? I don't think so. I think we, we've we've got an idea. We're going to place. You got to be strategic about your roster construction and conclusion. Okay. You need to know that you need to have some guys up top. But I'm telling you, you don't want to be having a lineup of four or five guys up top. They just don't offer the upside. You need to win large field GPPs. You're like, I want my position points. Well, you only get those if they finish there, donkey dick. And second of all, what matters is a guy that goes and gets you six or seven birdies. That's way more valuable than a guy that gets you two birdies, three bogey and finishes eighth place okay it's just simple math understand this understand you want guys that are going to be shooting at flags you don't care so much about bogeys but you care about guys who are going to get lots and lots of birdies that is correlated to being on a softer course that is correlated to being out there in less wins and that is correlated to having a not giving a shit attitude and firing at every flag those are all three things that guys who start in t50th will have in common tomorrow you want to know four guys that are really good round four players well let me tell you real quick right after i tell you about my website, dgen75.com, it is the best site out there. It's got to be the fastest growing community in PGA DFS. I dare you to go look at a leaderboard and not see that little showdown hoedown symbol flying. It is everywhere. We're tearing it up. It's just like, you know, it's just so awesome over there. What I can tell you, we have a great community where we do it a little bit different. We don't give picks. We teach how to play. We also care about every person. We treat everybody like a person. You're not a number over at my side. It's just me and the editor, and we care about every one of our mother fathers, and we have the best tool out there that everybody loves. It is called the Rosetta Stone. We've added true approach, good approach. We've talked about short game regression, bad round regression, historical round three. We put our projections on there, price relationship, ownership, everything you need to know. Pivot plays, sleepers, everything for you to consider in case you don't have seven hours on a Saturday night to go do all the proper research for your round four lineups. Let me put it all right here for you so you can still make lineups that have a chance and use informative information instead of like, nah, you know, I think I like, I think I like Ben Taylor. Okay. Why are you saying that? Why? Why? Okay. That is what the Rosetta Stone does. I encourage you to check it out. Don't forget. Oh, also we have, we've been doing very well. Don't forget. I make custom avatars for all my longstanding members. Look at that. LSU Nick with an LSU Nick showdown, hoedown, customized symbol. Don't tell me the big guy and the editor don't care about my mother fathers. Make sure to like and subscribe this video because if you don't know, YouTube hates me and they refuse to share me. Even though we get, what was it? 271 live viewers on Wednesday. We still don't share it because we're YouTube and we're dumbasses. All right, those four guys that I promised you are good round four scores are Barnes, Armour, Hall, and Piercy, all in the top ten of round four scoring. 
and are all under $7,000 or cheaper. So if you're a guy that thinks that there's a, a mindset to being good at round four, these are four guys to really consider. If you want to see the whole list, I'll have the whole list on the stone. For prize picks tomorrow, it's very simple. I want leaders who are going to be playing out there, especially if they put on some slap dick guys, right? Like like if, if they put on a Ben Taylor or somebody like that, I want to get those guys and I want to take the over on their strokes. Tomorrow, they are going to have tough pins. Tomorrow, it is going to be crusty and tomorrow, they will likely have some gusts. Not to mention, there's this one little thing that good players really struggle with called nerves and they're going to have them and nerves mean that you hit balls into the water so that will be my plan at prize picks i'm really going to do that the other thing you could do is go take studs who go out early and play the overs on birdies sung jay has been horrific this week he'll get six birdies tomorrow watch okay and they'll probably put like a four or four and a half out there so that's something i'm going to be doing aaron wise if they put like four birdies out there smashing the over but it depends on what time they go out those are my two strategies i'll be implementing i hope you've enjoyed the show i hope to see you wednesday night for the live stream i hope you win some money in round four showdown and i hope to see you over on dgen 75 but in the meantime i just hope you enjoy this outro